What's happening out there, Tahoe? We hope you are ready for a fun podcast here. This episode, as you saw from the title, we've got Debbie Brown, truly one of Lake Tahoe's most remarkable women. She is a staple of the community in so many ways, but most notably the founder and sole proprietor of Coldwater Brewery and Grill, among other ventures that she gets into. She shares her passions, her visions, and her goals for business and life with Rob Galloway and myself, Mike Perrin. We hope you enjoyed the Tahoe Tap Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be back in 15 seconds. Tao Tap is backed by the Tao Daily Tribune and Sierra Sun. Follow online, around the world, every day for breaking news and articles, or pick up a print edition every Friday at the lake or in Truckee. TaoDailyTribune.com and SierraSun.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tahoe Tap. This is our pee portion. It's all about people, and we've got one of the finest ones all around the lake. This woman has recently won Entrepreneur and Businesswoman of the Year at the Remarkable Women of Lake Tahoe. She's got she's she's curated chefs that have won the sample, the Sierra, um, the chef's challenge. I mean, you, you guys have won so many awards. We'll get into that here in just a little bit, but this is all about you really. That's, <laughs> that's what we want to highlight. This is the people portion of Tahoe tap Debbie Brown, proprietor and founder of Coldwater Brewery and Grill. Are you, are you just ecstatic to be open right now? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it great to be back open and back to semi-normal? You know what? It's amazing. And we're so grateful. And we worked really, really hard to get everything that we needed together to be able to uh, embrace the opening uh, that Tahoe is feeling right now. So um, it's been a long road, uh, unexpected uh, um, circumstances that happened and unfortunate for all of us, but uh, people don't quit drinking beer and they don't quit wanting to have great, amazing food. So hopefully that's where cold water will um, have a long survival through all of this. And we're going to stay true to what our roots are. Um, we definitely were a boutique kind of brewery. Uh, a lot of that has to do with my personality and who I am and what I wanted out of a restaurant and a brewery. And it's not the same thing as other people wanted. So uh, we've, got, we've got something very unique, super special at Coldwater. Um, you know, you mentioned it starts with, it's about people. And I think that's really the basis of of who we are our mission is so simple and it's great people great food great beer and that's been cold water's mantra since the day we opened we didn't complicate it with a big huge mission statement or a vision statement um we went really after those three components and i think we've done a really amazing job we're going into gosh six years so um pretty exciting stuff I, I'm I'm super excited for this podcast because my wife Whitney, one of the founding members and servers at your restaurant, has since moved on, but said finally 
this is a podcast she will watch and listen to because (laughs) (laughs) kudos to you. You've got that draw of people. But before we get into the future and what's happening, I want to talk a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about before you got to Lake Tahoe and how you started to develop this monumental career. Well, for me, food and beverage has always been my life. It's been my, my, my basis. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to experience food and beverage, whether it be on a boat, on a mountain, um, in a chain restaurant and boutique restaurant. So I've, I've really, from, from living in Europe to the East Coast to the West Coast, there's so many differences and there's so many regional palettes and there's so many uh, different variables that play into what we do in this industry. So I started when I was um, not even old enough to drive and fell in love with the business. And people probably think I'm crazy for wanting to stay in it as long as I have, but it's a passion, it's a love. And I think I find my, my, my energy works best in this type of an industry. And so I started in the food and beverage business and had some great teachers along the way and worked my way, was a server, was a manager, was a lead, was a trainer, was an owner um, of different businesses even before I got to Tahoe. Uh, I've been in Tahoe now for 26 years I've been very, very fortunate to be everything from a food and beverage director at a ski resort to a general manager for a restaurant to operations director uh, to now owner operator of my own business. But it took it, it wasn't my initial my initial passion and love wasn't necessarily I didn't think it was going to be along the brewery lines. Um, it definitely was along the food and beverage lines. And then having been in Tahoe and kept thinking, God, it's missing. We're, we're missing the scene. We don't have a beer scene here. And it was popping up everywhere, North Carolina, Colorado, you know, San Diego, all these big, huge hubs. And I kept thinking, you know, how is it that Tahoe's not getting this? And of course, I thought for me, I need to be one of those people to sign up and be the number one person, right? So, um, kind of surprising. I mean, it's hard to see on a podcast that I'm five feet tall, blonde, blue eyes, um, 110 pounds of, of wet. But at the end of the day, it's what, it's what started this brew scene in Tahoe. And it's when, whenever somebody says, can we, can I meet the owner? Can I see the owner? The last thing they expect is to see someone like me. I don't quite meet the stereotype of the beard and the flannel shirt and the big beer belly and the whole nine yards, but it just means that it, there's a unique opportunity for all of us, right? And um, you got to know the recipe for success and you got to know what the need is. It's not about always the want, it's about the need. And if you can fill the need, regardless of what industry you're in, hopefully you'll hit a home run. Um, and so for me, I think that was really it, is figuring out what the need was for Tahoe and then having the courage to jump off the diving board and actually take the plunge and go for it. And so fortunately for us, it worked out really well. Um, <laughs> you know, well, shit, I mean, you should have your own 
podcast. That was question number one. Oh, yeah. And, uh, just talking. Talking, I mean, talking. You, you just keep going. Let, turn it over to Rob. Let, let's dive in deeper to some of this. Okay. So you, you had talked about having, you know, a lot of experience, food and beverage, um, experience uh, overseas too. You had to have had some type of, you know, folks that have influenced you or some idols. Talk about maybe, you know, give us one or two folks who, who you really have helped you along your way, a role model, so to speak. It's interesting. I, I, I think when I, if there was somebody that really was my motivation, it'd have to be my mom. I mean, there's just, there's no question about it. I, my mom grew up in a time where women were just starting to really open up and become different areas. My mom's not in food and beverage. She's in real estate and she's amazing. And, um, but I think it was really my mom. She's the one that really gave me the courage, the courage to do the things that maybe didn't necessarily fit my, my gender or didn't fit um, what other people thought. And, um, but she's, 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 she's my energy. She's the reason why I keep working so hard. She's the person that I want to prove myself to because I want her to be able to see my dreams finally coming true. And, and I've always wanted ever since I was little, I mean, I used to play kitchen and as a little girl and it was my, my restaurant you were welcome to come to my restaurant. And, and so it didn't, you know, I, I, I got into the industry probably when I was 15, but I mean, my dream started when I was just little and <laughs> to be able to have, have your mom be involved in your business. Um, I know Mike probably knows, and of course, Whitney knows, there's always something. I change my menu twice a year, <laughs> and there's always something that is a Gigi at Coldwater. And the Gigi is my mom, and it's to honor her um, for all the energy and strength she gave me and the courage to be what nobody thought I could do. So that was pretty great. Um, when I got to Tahoe 26 years ago, um, I also was fortunate along the way. I, John Rice, who I had the pleasure of working for for eight years over at Sierra Tahoe Ski Resort, um, he was a huge influence on how I do my business and how I really celebrate my employees. And I realize where the motivation comes from. And if we lift them, if we, if we make our employees happy, all of our guests will be happy in return. And so for me, definitely John Rice, um, Casey Bland uh, is also, he would be someone that from a work ethic, from uh, how many hours a, a day I put into it, the energy and the commitment from uh, the leadership role that I have to be in leading by example, he would be uh, an amazing mentor in my, uh, my list of uh, people who have helped me be successful well and on that note somewhat uh you had talked about you know you're not you're not the typical uh you know <laughs> big beard and beer belly and flannel wearing uh person and that's you know historically that industry the brewing industry has been male driven so what is it like to be somewhat of a pioneer or a woman in the industry i love it i i think it's amazing um there's very few single woman operators in the United States. I have no partners, I have no investors, it's just me. 
Uh, and I have been able to um, double my capacity, my brewing capacity. I've been able to, now I'm talking to you actually in what's gonna be our new operation, um, but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to, uh, I, I love the look on people's faces when when they see me and they go you what you <laughs> do this um but i was also fortunate because when i got into the ski industry there also there wasn't any really any female food and beverage directors in the ski industry the ski industry was also predominantly males as well um and so i i keep finding myself as I'm going through my career, kind of being in that same role in each industry I've chosen to, to get into. Same thing with food and beverage, because food and beverage was a pretty high male dominated industry for a really long time as well. So um, maybe that's just how I fit best, <laughs> is, is kind of, uh, leading the charge for um all the girl power out there you know but it's uh i think i make everybody proud though i think i think um i think men love what we do women love what we do we're just we're blessed in the sense that we've got a really great operation that's working here yeah i, I mean i'd say you're definitely a leader of the pack <laughs> that's for sure in those and you you brought up two points there that are great i i want to talk about why you chose no investors, right? I mean, because you had faith. And then some of your influences outside of the area, because there's some strong influences here. Like you said, Bland, Rice, those guys. But um, so pick, pick or choose which one you want. Um, Why did you choose no investors? And then also talk about who, who you look to outside of the area that are leading the charge. Well, I think... Um... I think as far as the no investors and most business people, if they're given some really sound advice, the best advice I ever got, and it's something I treasure and I'm so grateful, was the if you're gonna have a partner, you make it the bank, otherwise don't have a partner. Um, and, and I think most people that have tried to go into business for the with, with a partner would, would attest to probably the worst decision they ever made was having a partner. So fortunately for me with a little bit of finagling and some, and a lot of people believing in the right thing, um, I was able to convince the, basically the financial institute to go ahead and um, lend to me as a sole operator. And that's almost unheard of, to be honest with you. So I was extremely fortunate. Uh, I, some days I, <laughs> I, I wonder, God, wouldn't it be great if I had a partner because somebody could take some of the, the weight off. Um, it's a lot to carry on your shoulders. And, but I love the fact that I don't have to go up a chain to ask anybody's permission. I don't have to consult with four other people to see if I should change the color of a t-shirt um, or if I want to create a label or don't create a label. I get to make the decisions. The bad part is, is some of those decisions have cost me to the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, but unfortunately, and, and then you have nobody to blame but yourself, right? But I wouldn't switch where I'm at as far as not having any investors in, in the operation because it makes everything easier for my employees, for decision-making, for growth, for a lot of other opportunities. Um, as far as uh, 
Um, the other question. Influences outside of the region. You know, San Francisco, L.A., Bend, you know, well, it's just, Are there it, people you anybody? The, the beer world is an amazing world, okay? And it's an incredible networking um, uh, team that's out there. And we've got, it, it, it's, it, it's a cool position to be in, to be an independent um a brewer and to be able to put that label on your can and be a craft brewer. Um, there's so many people that have paved the way and um, there's so many amazing breweries that are out there, whether it be on the East coast, it be down South, it be up on the Northwest or, or down in the, in the San Diego area. And um it's when you think that they, there's not going to be another brewery, another one would open. I mean, we've got more in California than anybody would. I think there's like, I don't know, 7,000, a ridiculous amount of breweries in California alone. So I think that there's some really good institutes that have, that have shown us how to do some of this work. Um, you look at people uh, um, from the Russian River Brewery. You look at Portisub, Pizza Portisub. You look at um, some of the pioneers, even if you go further back, right? When, when, when the beers just, the first micros hit the, hit the beer scene. You know, one of my biggest mentors that I had was Dean Biersch and he owns, he was half owner of Gordon Biersch, right? And whenever Deb finds herself in a, in a sticky situation, you know, the, one of the first people I call is Dean Biersch, you know, ah, and that's, he, a, that's special. Cool. <laughs> well, but it's, it, it's, you know, th through my relationship at Sierra Tahoe is how Gordon Biersch and Dean Biersch and wow. the whole thing came into, into play. But there's, there's so many people that, that have, have paved the way for me to be able to jump on my wave and, and ride mine. And, you know, you go to some of these beer festivals like um, Blues of Palooza down in Mammoth, you know, Mammoth. Um, there's a hundred breweries down there. You go to the Great American Brewfest. Um, you know, there's 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 so many amazing people that are out there, and you can read about them. Uh, they're all in the, they're they're in magazines. But more importantly, is is you get to taste them, right? Because you get to I don't know if people can see me, but you get to sample <laughs> your, you get to sample the product. And in uh, behind most beers and most craft breweries the the names tell a lot of stories right and it tells about their personalities their characters what's important to them um and and i i think for me going and checking out the different breweries and experiencing some of these different different places is what's helped guide the pathway for cold water i think we would have had to carve out a joe rogan time block of about two hours if we wanted to go into the depths of all of the names of your beers, because they do have so much meaning. So and, <laughs> I mean, and you're, it, you're it really doing, is, but yeah, go you're, ahead. Doing most, you're doing most of the talking, Debbie. So feel free to take a drink of that beer. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're okay to do I'm that. I'm sorry you all aren't <laughs> drinking. I don't know why you would interview a, a brewery owner and not have a beer. Well, it, it wouldn't be your beer. I mean, that would, I don't know. <laughs> but you, um, so, 
as as we move through this, everybody's experiencing some or, or experiencing or has experienced uh, just you know just mass frustration or or just changes in our in our lifestyle. You specifically, I mean, I I believe you had closed your um, your restaurant bar for a spell, and then you reopened, and then you're able to open up a little bit more. So, what do you see as maybe the evolution of um, you know whether it's restaurants or restaurants and breweries? How how is this whole pandemic thing? you know, altered or has it given you any, any opportunity to do things a little bit different or try anything different or how do you see it, it just unfolding? Well, I think it's super complicated to be honest with you because I think that the social aspect of dining and the social aspect of uh, just drinking beer, the bar business, um, it, it becomes extremely complicated with, with what's going on with the pandemic. Um, and it's it makes it difficult because in, in in trying to get people to come back out, that's going to be a lot of work. Some people are ready to 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 get back into mainstream as quick as they can, but we're going to have a lot of people that don't feel that comfort just yet. Um, so I think a lot of us have come up with different tactics, whether it is beer delivery. Whether it's like for me, I'm, I'm taking my tasting room and actually transforming it into a takeaway operation. So we're going to open the cold water runoff on Friday and it'll be 100% takeaway business. And we'll be doing all of our cans going out through that business as well. We'll have a beer and wine and uh, cider garden that you can hang in out in while you wait for your food to go. But I think people are gonna have to relook at how they use their square footage, um, how they recapture um, different audiences, uh, whether, you know, whether it's through takeaway, through beer delivery, um, you know, because some of the things have been taken away from us, right? So right now you can sell a growler, right? But you can't refill a growler right now with the circumstances that we're having. Huh. So there are no refills on growlers, but we've got a really strong um, beer, beer advocates that are working for us um, with the CCBA and the BA uh, that represent all of craft brewers and um, CCBA is for California brewers. But I think we're all having to rethink our business, uh, think about how we can reach people um, Reinvite people to come into our business right now in town. It's and I think it's every city, every community is um, expanding their outdoor business. Uh, and thank heavens that the ABC um, is supporting us and supporting our initiatives. Uh, they're allowing us to expand as well as the city's allowing us to be out there um, so that we can invite people to come back into the beer world and the restaurant uh, world and enjoy going out. Um, so on, I, on, on, that, on that note, expand a little bit about that because we've seen a lot of restaurants in town uh, open up, you know, portions of whether it's kind of like a side lot or a parking lot, just to expand some outdoor dining. Um, what do you think? I mean, you talked about them relaxing some of those laws. Do you think that's going to hang around for a long time, or or you think once you know things start to start to happen, and obviously winter's going to play a little a little bit part in that as far as how how long it can go? But do you see that hanging around or staying for a while? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I got to be honest. I mean, someone asked me the other day, and I don't have a crystal ball, but somebody asked me the other day if I think we'll get to a phase four, and I don't think so. Um, I, I, I think that I feel pretty steadfast that where we are right now is probably where we're going to stay. Um, I, I think that as long as there's um, modifications and restrictions, I think that at least California will support um, the initiatives that they've given us as far as allowing us to um, do beverages to go. Depending on what your license is, it depends on what you're allowed to do as to go. Cold water is very blessed. I have a very unique setup. And I have two different licenses, which allows me to not only have hard alcohol, which I can let go outside, but also beer that I can also do the same thing with. So we're very fortunate. Most breweries don't have the ability to do what I'm doing right now. Um, and But I foresee that through the summer, I don't see anything. I don't think we'll see anything changing unless we see it restrict up and lock up again. Um, but I would say that we're probably, and I hate to say it because Michael knows my one of my passions, which is the Tahoe Brew Fest, which I am the founder of. Um, and it does such an amazing job for the Boys and Girls Club and what we raise in the and after the you know three years of doing it. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know that we're going to reach that. And that's what I call the big, large gatherings. And I just don't, I, I don't foresee it. But I do foresee California supporting the businesses, allowing people, as long as their licenses uh, afford them certain opportunities, that will continue, I think, throughout. Um, but I think, you know, the hardest thing is, and people are going to have to have the wherewithal and figure out how to do it. But I don't think we're really gonna feel what I would call maybe some normalcy until probably next summer. You know, um, vaccines yeah. gotta come out. Uh, we've gotta get through, for us in Tahoe, we've got the struggle of the climate, right? And we're gonna see a lot of things change as soon as the weather hits us, you know? And, you know, we want it to snow. I mean, that's what we want it to do. But it's, uh, I think it's gonna, it's gonna pose some uh, challenges for, a lot of businesses once we get what's, you know, our, our winter months coming in. Um, and so, and I think people are just going to have to get creative. We're going to have to think about, you know, you start, you do one thing for the summer and you're going to have to already start before the summer's over thinking about how you're going to mitigate it and be a part of it for the winter. And that's what cold water is going to do. And we're going to hopefully do it better than anybody else out there. And, um, and we're not quitters, you know? And I think people that are in food and beverage just in general, whoops, God, you guys have to You're already blowing up. It's already popular. So, but I think, I, think, I think people that are in this industry, in the food and beverage industry, we're, we're tough skinned, we're, um, we're scrappy, we'll do whatever it takes to make, to make it work. Because this is, this is what, you know, back in the old days, you know, there was a corner bar on every street, you know? And so we want to be that social place for everybody. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the shout out for the Tile Brew Fest. I know it's near and dear to both of our hearts. And a big shout out to make sure you go check out the Coldwater Runoff on Friday. Deb's sitting in it right in the for you. You can make your own 
tall brew fest, right? You can get all the fixings that you need. You can get your food, you can get all the beer and take it back home and have your own little brew fest at home. But I want to, I want to change gears a little bit and talk about your staff because you're all about the people. You, you always are. And I know personally how well you treat your staff from the parties to just the day in day out overall care. You, you are their second mom. How are they taking it from kitchen staff at Bag of House to front of staff to how your menus evolved? Talk about that a little bit. Well, I think, I think for me, it's all, I've never been confused. I've always known where it starts and it starts with the people. And um, I, I put my team up against anybody in Tahoe. So I feel, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hand select my staff. Um, we're very fortunate. Uh, we've got a great, um, a great, a lot of applicants that come into Coldwater. I think it's our reputation. I hopefully they've they've already eaten there before they come in to to be a part of the team. But you know, I think it's what you do and how you lead. And so for me, I'm right in the thick of it with them. I'm not an absentee owner. Uh, I believe in humor. I believe in laughter. I love to dance um on bars uh all kinds of places <laughs> Actually, i've seen it um, i've seen it <laughs> but uh but i think it's i think it's putting the fun in in work and you know i think you you can work hard you can know what your job function is and you can just have a great time while you're doing it and that's i think one of the things that we do best and and i think it's actually one of the things uh you know that I like to make it feel like it's camp and um, <laughs> we're all just having fun while we're here. Badass summer camp, just full yeah, of weird. It's not bad. It's not bad. Go <laughs> um, but, but I think, I think that's the big thing when, you know, when the, this whole thing broke out and everybody was scrambling and trying to figure out what they were going to do. I think I knew instantaneous what I was doing and I closed. And I closed really because I, I knew my staff was needed that they, they were scared. Um, they didn't know what was going to happen. And it was more important to make sure that they were okay than to worry about anything else. So we shut the doors and even though we looked like we were closed, yeah, we still fed our employees. So we made sure that we took care of everybody. And twice a week, the kids could come over. They, they weren't allowed in the restaurant, but we had a protocol. And they all got food. They were able to take all my produce, all my dairy. And it all went to them. And fortunately for us, I think if you give, it, it, it's received so well. And, you know, I'm very, very lucky that the majority of all my staff came back when it was time to open. And so- well, I, got, um, I got to take advantage of some of those beer deliveries. <laughs> you adapted and I took advantage. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was a win-win for the community in general. I mean, that, that was really, really huge, but that's, that's always been number one in your book. And, and, and it's obvious. It, it's it shows, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So Deb, I got one one final question for you, and this is a super super easy question. Is it a trick question? It is not a trick question. No, it's really it's really easy. What is your favorite beer that you're pouring right now? Oh wow, 
Oh gosh, we've got so many good beers on tap right now. I've got I've got fourteen of my own running, and they're so great. Um, I would say if you if if you're looking for something light, we just put out a Kolsch that is so wonderful. It's light, it's refreshing. It's about a four point seven uh, um, alcohol percentage, so it's not super super. Um, kick your butt uh, um, to drink it, but it's 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 ready for the boating season that we're that we're going into. Um, but I would also say that my IPA fans out there, the Frio Good right now is so fresh. Um, all the citrus <laughs> flavors in it are awesome, and of course Frio Frio Good is named after Frio Peak, our tallest peak in in the basin. Um, but I would say, you know, the nice thing about cold water is we celebrate all the varieties, all the, um, we don't just go too heavy on the IPA side and we, we ignore some of the others. I've got an incredible lager that's on tap um, that is definitely a signature for us because most boutique breweries um, can't afford and can't really take the time to be able to do a lager, which takes so many days to be able to do. So um, I think I think the coolest part for of Coldwater is we've got a little bit of something for everybody. And hence, once again, you guys are drinking. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's nothing like like a cold beer on a hot summer day, right? I gotta ask the, these two final questions. Um, and I know it's going to be tough for you. It's going to be really okay. tough, but it's got to be under one minute. I <laughs> see this woman stand next to a table and let people just eat and just talk away and tell <laughs> stories. I love it. That is, that is one of the best features of you. But in under a minute, two questions for you. What keeps you up at night and what keeps you grounded? Go. Wow. What keeps me up at night is the unknown um not knowing how to how to ride this course just yet and having a crystal ball to know wh which way to go um and what keeps me grounded is my community um i'm so blessed and i'm so thankful and um it's it, it's it, it's the community there's nothing like south south tahoe and there's nothing like Tahoe people. So um, that that to me is 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 my world and why I chose to do my business here. I, I see you thrive yeah. off of it from your community appreciation nights to your employee parties, wig parties, like you mentioned, you dancing on the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it all goes down. So um, I mean, you you're truly one of Lake Tahoe's re most remarkable women. I mean, that's for sure. <laughs> and it was voted on by the people. You got the yes. award. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? They, they are the reason I'm in business. And there's no other reason. If it wasn't for our locals and our visitors, I wouldn't have a business. So I think we always have to remember who, who really does this. And, and the community is the, is the, are the people that keep my doors open. That's it. Right on. I love it. I love it. Debbie, thank you so much. Rob, thank you, yeah, any thank last you. words? I mean, oh, you just, just need, you're thirsty you so now, huh? 
I am thirsty. Thank you, Deb. I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, well, I really want to thank for everything that you do. I mean, not just not just with you know what you do with cold water. You support a lot of other uh, you know causes. You champion a lot of things yourself. So just thank you for everything that you do in the community. Well, I'm blessed. Thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for joining us here on the Tahoe Tap. We will be back right after this. Thanks. You're listening to the Tahoe Tap, brought to you by Crystal Bay Casino, locally owned and proud to present world-class entertainment, gambling, and dining. Stay and play with the CBC on the north shore of Lake Tahoe. Find out more at crystalbaycasino.com.